I always rush those videos at the end because right when I was talking, I saw that I, I was getting counted down on the on the YouTube ten minute limit. But I just want to make sure that you understand what I did. I used the first few examples and essentially what they told us to figure out an equation that tells me, well, if I know the term t, how do I get the tth term, right? I mean, actually, it, it works here too. Eight. We could write eight plus nine t minus one. Because here, this is the first term, so this t minus 1 term goes to 0. And that's why we only have 8. And it works on all of these. And that makes sense. Every, every term is going to be 9 more than the previous one. We start at 8. And the reason why it's t minus 1 instead of t is because we only start adding 9 a after the first term. For example, if, we, if, if this was actually, you know, if, if it was 9, 1827 if it just went like that we could have just said you know it's 9 times t right that could have been the formula or we could have said 9 plus 9 times t minus 1 these would have been the same thing but it started at 8 so that's why we had to do make it a little bit more kludgy hopefully that explains it a little bit better let's do the next problem problem 6 Problem six, I will do in yellow. They draw a bunch of lines. So they draw three lines. One line, two lines, and then we have a third line. Okay. Let me do the different. Okay, so this is S degrees, R degrees, T degrees, z degrees, y, and x degrees. x degrees. Three lines intersect in a point as shown in the figure above. Which of the following pairs of angle measures is not sufficient for determining all six angle measures? It's not. So they're going to make us go through all of them, hopefully one of the early choices. So choice A. T and Z. So I'm going to do choice A in, in this brown color. So choice A, T and Z. Let's see, if I knew T, if I know T, if I know T, well, first of all, if I know T, I immediately know Z because they're opposite angles, right? So I could figure out that. I could figure out that. Well, if I know either of those, I mean, I could then figure out, let's see, it, in order to go to do anything from here, now I'd, I'd need to know one of the other angles because I can't use, I can't use supplementary, and, and this is actually the way you should think about it. T and Z only gives us the relationship between, between let me between these two purple lines, right? It, it essentially tells us at what angle these two purple lines intersect. But it gives us no information at, about the angle that this this yellow line intersects, right? Think about it. If I put if I welded these purple lines together, I could still move this 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 yellow line around without changing T or Z. So there's there's no way just knowing T or Z, I can figure out what angle this yellow line is at. And you know, if you did the other choices, you could try it out. I mean, you could if I knew, for example, if I didn't know, oh whoops. If I didn't know T and instead they told me R, then I would be in business. If I knew R, for example, 
Then I could use the fact that S, R, and Z are all form one line, and I could figure out S. If I know Z, then I could figure out T because they're opposite. If I know R, I could figure out X because they're opposite. And then if I knew S, I could figure out Y. Right? So Z and T alone will not help you, so our choice is A. And normally on the SAT, when they give you something where you have to kind of try out every choice they give you, it's normally going to be one of the first choices because they try to they try to make the questions as fast uh, as possible. They don't want you to waste too much time. If you ever see yourself wasting too much time on a question, you're not necessarily doing it wrong, but you're just you may not be doing it the, the quickest possible way. Problem number seven: the sum of two numbers that differ by one is t. So let's call those two numbers x and y. The sum of two numbers that actually let's call the numbers yeah sure let's call it x and y we know that the sum the sum of x plus y is equal to t but we also know that the numbers differ by 1 and then they say in terms of t what is the value of the greater of the two numbers so let's just assume that x is the greater x is greater than y let's just write x is greater than y so that means that x minus y is going to be equal to what? Well, they told us that the sum of two numbers that differ by 1. So x is actually exactly 1 more than y. So that when I subtract y from x, I get 1. So if I want to know the value of the greater of the two numbers, I defined x actually as the greater of the two numbers. I just have to solve the system of equations for x. So let's add the two equations. x plus x is 2x. What's y plus negative y? Well, they cancel out, right? 0. And then what's t plus 1? Well, it's t plus 1. And now to solve for x, you get x is equal to divide both sides by 2 or multiply by 1 half. t plus 1 over 2. And we are done. And that is choice c. Next problem. Problem number 8. This color is getting obnoxious. 8. Problem number eight. Okay, number of siblings per student in a preschool class. So let me draw this chart. So this is number of siblings, number of students. The table above shows how many students in a class of 12 preschoolers had 0, 1, 2, or 3 siblings. Okay, right. So if you, I haven't actually included the information. Zero, one, two, three, and then so no kid. Uh, so three kids had zero siblings. Six kids had one sibling. Two kids had two siblings, and then one kid had three siblings. Later, a new student joined the class, and the average number of siblings per student became equal to the median number of siblings per student. How many siblings did the new student have? Fascinating. Okay. So let's say, you know, the new student has x siblings. x siblings is how many the new student has. So we don't know where uh, the the new student falls in, but let's figure out let let's actually just fi try to figure out where the average and the median are before the the student even joins. So the median number of siblings, so let's, let me make sure the table shows how many. Okay, 
later in used to join, became equal the average number of siblings per student became equal to the median number of siblings per student. So what is the average number of siblings per student? We just add the number of siblings for all of the students. So we should get 12 terms. So we can multiply 3 times 0, because there are 3. That's essentially 0 plus 0 plus 0, plus 6 times 1, plus 2 times 2, plus 3 times 1, divided by 12. This is the current average of siblings per student. This is 0. So this equals 6 plus 4 plus 3 over 12, which is what? 10, 10, that's 13, which equals 13 over 12, which is 1 and 1 twelfth. So before this new student joins, there's 1 and 1 twelfth. This is the average. Average. That's before the new student joins. And what's the mean? Oh, sorry. What's the median? Let's list, up, list out all of the. Uh, let me do it in another color because I'm running out of space. So we have a zero, zero, zero. There are three with three students with zero. Then you have six students with one. One, two, three, four, five, six. Then you have how many students with two? Two, two, and then one student with three. So there are twelve terms in all. And what's the middle one? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. So the middle term is 6. So the median before that student joined is 1. right? And the average before that student joined is a little bit over 1. It's 1 and 1 twelfth. So the only way that you can bring the average down, right? because that's essentially what we have to do, this new student, to bring this average down, he's either, he's either has to have one sibling or zero siblings. 